You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. The main stories are that Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley did not reach a long-term agreement with their teams and thus will be either stuck with playing on the franchise tag or holding out the entire year. We will be discussing those very topics along with just the running back market in general on today's episode. So why don't we sit back, relax, Sip our coffee and enjoy the show. What a day. What a day yesterday. Uh, just waiting and waiting and waiting until 4 p.m. to see what would happen. And inevitably, nothing happened. But before we get into that, let's just go ahead and say this today. Today is the day that rookies will be reporting to training camps for the Falcons, the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Saints, and the Giants. This is basically the beginning of the season. It starts now. Of course, no updates on that as they begin today. That'll be tomorrow's episode for sure. We'll be covering what happens going on there. But I just wanted to keep you guys informed. So now that you know that, Let's talk about these situations with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Saquon Barkley, we'll start with him. Again, did not reach a long-term agreement with the New York Giants. And it sucks. It sucks. Both Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley did not reach their long-term deal. They will both be playing on a $10 million franchise tag. Saquon Barkley. Supposedly. Supposedly, this is per Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post, was offered a three-year contract from the Giants yesterday in the ballpark of 11 to $11.5 million per year, with it being guaranteed 22 to $23 million over the course of those three years. Those numbers, again, supposedly per Ryan Dunleavy, were all within $1 to $2 million on Barkley's end of his reduced asking price. So... If I'm to read into this correctly, Barkley again was offered a contract more substantial than the franchise tag, but still declined it because he felt that it was not enough. And now, unfortunately, he will be stuck playing for less money without any long-term deal in sight until next year. We'll see if that ends up paying off. I would assume no. I don't understand why he wouldn't just accept it at that point. 
but, you know, it is what it is. And that's what Saquon Barkley said as well. He tweets out after the news. Of course, I mean, he knows the news. It's not news to him. But around 4 p.m., he tweeted out, it is what it is. That was right after the deadline. He did not get this contract done. If he decides to hold out, if he decides to hold out, and it already seems like he will be holding out from training camp, he's going to his own personal place to kind of work on that. But if he decides to hold out game-wise, he'll be losing $560,000 per game check, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I will go ahead and say that I do not believe Saquon Barkley will hold out from games. I do think that he will inevitably play. It is what it is tweet kind of highlights that. I think that Saquon Barkley is a man at the end of the day who still wants to be out there on the football field and will expect, accept the money. It's still nearly $11 that he will be leaving, $11 million that he will be leaving on the table. And you don't want to lose almost $600,000 per week. So I do believe he'll be out there, but to kind of discuss it some more, the Giants do have the opportunity to rescind the franchise tag and make him a free agent at any point. I also find that unlikely given the Giants need Saquon Barkley. He, again, is basically their entire offense. He keeps that team going. Uh, so I don't think that the Giants would rescind that franchise tag, and they're just going to hope and hope and hope that he shows up. And again, I do believe that he will show up. But if he doesn't, he has until week 10 to do so. If he does not show up by week 10 and sign that franchise tag, then he is out for the entire year. That's going to be kind of the deadline that we're all going to be watching now. It'll go from, from here to week one. Will it be there week one? And then after week one happens, will he be here by week 10? And that's kind of our timeline for these franchise tags. And it's also too important to remember with the franchise tags, if they do play on it, even if they don't play on it, they're still technically on the team and the Giants can still just choose to franchise tag him again next year and we'll be right back where we started. So it's a situation that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. For me, I do believe that Saquon Barkley will be playing games and I do believe that hopefully next year he at least gets a guaranteed contract a little bit more than the franchise tag instead of them franchise tagging him again. But the franchise tag is a smart move from NFL front offices. It really, really is. Next up, let's go ahead and just talk about the Josh Jacobs situation. And I, I, it's basically the same information, right? I mean, it's the franchise tag is the same amount of money for both players. There was a report from Tom Pelissero that Josh Jacobs was waiting in the Raiders parking lot with Max Crosby up until the deadline, ready to sign, ready to go in if a deal was brought to the table. It was never brought. He was stuck in the parking lot. Hopefully the air conditioning was good for him. And again, no deal was signed. Again, as much as the Giants can do it, the Raiders can do it too. They can decide to rescind the unsigned franchise tag from Josh Jacobs and make him a free agent. This, I do believe, is more possible with the Josh Jacobs situation than the Saquon Barkley situation. I think if the Raiders start off slow, or actually, sorry, the other way around. If the, start, if the Raiders start off fast, they look good without Josh Jacobs, I don't think that they'll really be worried about him and they can just make him a free agent. No hard feelings. I also do believe that this Josh Jacobs sit out is a lot more likely than the Saquon Barkley sit out. He seems to be pretty bitter with the Raiders organization and feels that he's deserving of more than just the franchise tag. And there is no budging, at least in the Saquon Barkley case, the Giants brought a few offers to him and they were fairly close. Seems to be a lot less was brought to the table for Josh Jacobs and they've just fully expected him to play on this tag. And that has upset him. He, uh, there's been plenty of reports now that says that he won't be there at week one and that they don't know when he will return. He is perfectly comfortable uh, sacrificing that $560,000 a game. That's, again, a ton of money 
but he's fine doing it based on the reports that we're hearing now. So the same timeline for Saquon, we're gonna. it's not looking like Josh Jacobs is going to be at training camp. So now we're looking towards week one. Will Josh Jacobs be there week one? Probably not based on what we hear. If he doesn't show up week one, will he show up by week 10? And that's where it gets interesting. Uh, I, I, I mean, I assume if you're going to continue to sit out and sit out and sit out, you're probably going to wait until week 10 if you're in the Josh Jacobs situation. Uh, again, though, the Raiders can decide to franchise tag him again if they do not release him. And again, we'll be right back where we started. The franchise tag does gives teams way too much leeway in terms of negotiation and just keeping players on their team. And it's super smart for running backs in particular. Running backs in particular, the market has essentially collapsed for these guys, and it's completely unfair. So before we move on to that, just wrapping up Josh Jacobs, it's looking like he's not going to be out there week one, and that this holdout is going to be longer than the Saquon Barkley one, more than likely. And also, it's possible that the Raiders could end up rescinding that tag at some point in the season if Samir White is fine. If they end up signing another running back in free agency, they won't need Josh Jacobs and they won't have to deal with the sit out and all the drama and everything. They'll have the team in front of them. So it's a little bit more interesting of a storyline to keep your eye on the Josh Jacobs situation. So let's just talk about this running back market because it is scary right now. It is absolutely terrible and running backs have no negotiation advantage at all. It really, really sucks for them. What if I told you this? Field Yates tweeted this out. Now that the franchise tag deadline is behind us, barring any extensions for eligible players, the largest total value contract signed for any running back this offseason is Miles Sanders with his four-year $25 million deal. That's right. Miles Sanders got the best running back deal this offseason, the most money total in a contract. Miles Sanders. What does that tell you? That it's technically that's less money than the franchise tag on a per year basis, but it tells you that the NFL seems to ex, uh, uh, prefer seems to prefer middling running backs, running backs that are totally fine because at the end of the day, they're going to get the volume that they want a really good running back to have, do fine with it, maybe not as good with it, but do fine with it and fill the role in their offense for less money, for way less money. So that seems to be the way that this market is going, and it really, really sucks. Ari Myrov tweeted out, veteran running backs this offseason. Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones took a pay cut. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette were cut, just cut. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard all got franchise tagged with no long-term deal in sight. Austin Eckler, he wanted a new deal and asked for a trade, ended up restructuring. And then Kareem Hunt has just been a free agent all offseason, hasn't been signed. All of these guys at one point were extremely talented running backs. Some of them still are. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, maybe Joe Mixon. Of course, Aaron Jones seems to be fine. None of these guys are getting paid the way they should. And it goes even further. Jeff Darlington tweets out, brutal as it might be, a GM told me about running backs. I don't think this trend of the diminishing contracts for the position is going to end anytime soon. I'd rather draft one high and let him walk after five years than pay him big money. And this is followed up by just a, 
a, a comparing between franchise tag values across positions. The franchise tag for running backs has gone down since 2015. That is the only position that it has happened to. The quarterback franchise tag in 2015 was $18.5 million. Now it is $32.4 million. The wide receiver tag was $12.8 million in 2015. Now if you want to franchise tag a wide receiver, it'll cost you $19.7 million. What about the running backs, you ask? Well, in 2015, it was a $10.9 million franchise tag that has gone down to $10.1 million. Of course, general managers and front offices are going to franchise tag their running backs when it's cheaper to do so than any other position. Why wouldn't you do that? And it hasn't changed in years. It has just been steady and, in fact, gone down. It sucks for running backs. They deserve more. I don't know what the answer is, but I have some drama to bring you guys because the the NFL star running backs were not happy yesterday with what was going on. And it started with this tweet. This tweet was, in fact, something else. (laughs) Matt Miller tweeted out, been saying it for years, draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, franchise tag the running back one time and then draft another running back. That prompted running backs to sound off from all over the league. Christian McCaffrey responds, this is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position, in response to the Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard news. Derek Henry tweets out, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. And then Jonathan Taylor tweets out, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you'll boost the organization and then doesn't matter because you're a running back. And there's still more Najee Harris sounds off as well. I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. And this is all true. All of these running backs are correct. They are important. Now, I know they're not as important as quarterbacks, and I know to some degree they're replaceable. But you can't take them out of the game. What are you doing? These guys in particular have already the shortest lifespan among positions in the NFL. Running backs, day in, day out, grinding it out in the the weight room, grinding it out in practice, and then taking hits by some of the biggest dudes in the entire world 20 to 30 times a game. No other position has to do that. And yet, they're not paid fairly at all all at all you can't be the probably the most dangerous position in this game the the highest chance to get injured for sure and then not paid correctly there's a reason that construction workers make a ton of money it's because it's a dangerous job it's a dangerous job for running backs it really really is and they need to have some sort of increase or some sort of deal 
to make it better for them. I don't know if it has to be that they don't really get the standard rookie contract that other NFL positions get. They get a little bit of an increased starting contract in the NFL before working on the second. Maybe it's just a shorter contract and then they can negotiate. And a shout out to J.K. Dobbins. We talked about it a couple months ago. He was trying to negotiate a deal with the Ravens sitting out of the OTAs because he felt that he deserved to get more from them. And he wasn't even tagged. He's still under his rookie contract, but he doesn't want to play on his rookie contract anymore. And we see quarterbacks do that. We haven't seen running backs do that yet. I think that is something that we will begin to see. Austin Eckler yesterday went onto a podcast and said, he said that essentially, if you're going to poke the bear, then we're going to have to respond. And I'm excited to see what that means. I hope that the running backs do band together and do something about this because I do find it ridiculous that they just can't get the money that they deserve at all, at all, at all. And finally, guys, I just want to bring this home by talking about Le'Veon Bell because I do find that people like to compare the situation, but I do also find it a little bit different. I do find it a little bit different. Le'Veon Bell, A, was basically one of the best players in the NFL at the point, was like RB3 or better every single year of his career up until this point, was seeing tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of volume and was hyper- hyper efficient and had just come off of playing on a year on a franchise tag. And then they tried to tag him a second time. And that's when he decided to sit out. So this Josh Jacobs and Saquon situation is a little bit different. That would be like if they sat out next year after playing on the tag this year. However, Le'Veon Bell has expressed regret for sitting out. He said, I never apologized to the fans for sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologized. So I want to say that I do apologize for leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me. So if he's regretting the sit out, I'm curious what Josh Jacobs will come to find. I do believe that it will not work out for them in the current landscape of the running back market. I just don't believe that Josh Jacobs will be able to get the money that he gets, even if he does get released by the Raiders. No one's going to pay him more than the franchise tag as a free agent at all. So I just, it's a rock and a hard place for running backs. They need to come together, make some sort of union and figure out an idea on how to solve this problem. Because right now it is clearly clearly a huge huge issue that needs to be solved it just really does all right guys that's my complaining on the running back market you know i'm an old head i love myself some running backs i find them incredibly important to the game so i just want them to get what they deserve that's all i want but do we have any questions from the audience let's see johnny lechner asks in a dynasty superflex start 10 12 team league do i trade the 204 and 205 for Terry McLaurin. I mean, in terms of value, it's probably working out. But if assuming it's 23 204s and 205s, I mean, I think that you could get Jaden Reed and Jonathan Mingo or Marvin Mims, both of those two wide receivers. And three years down the line, you're going to be happy that you have those guys over Terry McLaurin. But if you're a competing team and you're ready to have a wide receiver, you need the help now, you can go ahead and make that move. It's really not that bad at all either way. Uh, And Terry McLaurin hopefully does take a step forward in this Washington Commanders offense. I think right now there is a hit to his value because some people believe Jahan Dotson is going to be the guy to break out. Some people believe Antonio Gibson is going to be taking way more receiving work. And we just don't know what we're going to get 
from Terry McLaurin, but still, I mean, he's a pretty consistent thousand yard wide receiver and you're going to be able to start him week in week out. So for the cost of two seconds, it's really not that bad. I do just want to give a little bit of pause since they're early seconds. I think that you could take some swings and if they work out, you'll be a bit happier. But of course the key word in that is if it works out. Big time, Timmy Jin, Isaiah Pacheco or Tony G in dynasty. What would the other side need to add? I would definitely want Isaiah Pacheco over Antonio Gibson. I know that I'm on the Antonio Gibson brand and player profiler, but for me, I want I want Isaiah Pacheco. I, I He's a fantastic runner. He's attached to a better offense, and his role is more clear. We're projecting an increase for Antonio Gibson. We're not projecting squat for Pacheco. We know what we're going to get from him, and it might be even more. So I'm going with Pacheco on that side. If I'm trading Pacheco for Antonio Gibson, I might also want Brian Robinson thrown in. I would want that whole backfield for Isaiah Pacheco. But I'm also just a huge Pacheco guy, too. Um, and I'm a, I'm fine on Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to do better this year. I just don't think he's going to put up Pacheco numbers at the end of the day. Taylor Pruner asks, I was offered a 25 first and 24 second for Barkley. Do I take it? No. No. And this brings up a fantastic point, guys. If you have Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs for that matter, don't trade them away. You just don't do it. This has been going on all off season. We've been saying week in, week in, out, day in, day out, what's going on in this situation. If you did not move them before it got worse, then I'm sorry, but you're stuck with them. You've got to hold on to them at this point because it's only going to go up from here. I just am not a fan of selling low on generational talents, especially ones that are still technically young and have tread left on the tire and are franchise pieces like Saquon Barkley and potentially like Josh Jacobs as well. So I would want a lot more if I'm doing it. I'm not selling low on those guys. I, I'm, I would sell high. I would sell, you know, for what I would have gotten a few weeks ago. I think that that's fine. Or what I would have gotten last season when Saquon Barkley was tearing it up. But I think especially in the Saquon Barkley case, I believe he's going to be playing. And I believe you'll get more for him than week one when he actually shows up and plays football. All right, guys, that seems to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope to see you all tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube channel here at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm Jason. You guys were a fantastic audience. This was Wake and Take. You have a fantastic, and I mean fantastic Tuesday and rest of your week. Peace.